you know, our business has been around for 10 years. It's amazing. We've grown so much. We've shifted, we've changed, we've, we've deleted whole sectors of business, you know? Um, and we're about to do something again. And everybody thinks I'm crazy again. And do you know what that means to me? That I'm onto something. <laughs> You're doing the right <laughs> thing. Crazy when I'm about to do something great. And I'm using I, but I hope everyone listening like takes that for themselves. What is it that is so crazy that all your friends and family are judging you about? Go do that. Go do it. How about that for advice? Heather Zara didn't intend to become an entrepreneur, but she has built a successful business without compromising any of her beliefs. Heather is the founder and CEO of Zara Creative, a digital media company based in Metro Detroit. She'll explain how she's gone from producing wedding videos to working with clients such as Apple, Ford, and Audi. Heather also gives some great insights into being a woman-led business and how to show up authentically as yourself. Episode 49 of Power Forward starts right now. This is Power Forward. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to inform, entertain, and educate. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice, opinions, or endorsements of any kind. All right, welcome back to Power Forward. Justin White alongside Mateen Cleaves. Mateen, what is good, my friend? What's up? I am flying high and everything is all good. Well, Mateen, I know that you and I both love when we hear people achieve success after taking a chance, you know, they, they oh, roll yeah. the dice, they they put all their eggs in one basket, you know, use whatever cliche you want. But it, it is so cool when we get to talk to people who, you know, are fully invested in an idea and then they go out and make it happen. I mean, that's it, it just doesn't get much better than that. Right. Oh, yeah. You got to be wired a little different, Justin, to do things like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well said. Um, our, our guest today, um, I don't know if we can call her wired different, but we can call her the owner and CEO of Zara Creative. Heather Zara joins us. Heather, welcome to Power Forward. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I, th- I definitely think I'm wired differently. For the, right. for the well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. We're, for the record, in, in many ways, definitely. We, we will get into that. Uh, but but j- just for starters, I mean, is that is that still uh, something that that sounds, um, you know, strange to you when when people refer to you as owner and CEO? I mean, I know you've been doing this now for a few years, but, um, you know, you've said to me in the past that you you were never going to be an entrepreneur. This is not something that was like a lifelong dream for you. So so when you hear people yeah. refer to you as as an owner and CEO, what is that like? Well, so it's been 10 years. So I think, you know, that, well, titles in general, I think we could talk about, you know, I, I have a, an interesting opinion about titles. I think everyone's equal. So like, I think uh, hierarchy is kind of nonsense, but in this world that we live in, people need to know who we are, right? And what we do. So yeah, owner and CEO. I mean, I definitely thought I was going to be a reporter my whole life. I was a sports reporter. So it's like so fun to hang out with the two of you because like, hello, you're basically like my lives, like, you know, <laughs> intertwined. Um, so yeah, I think for me, the core was I've always been a storyteller and a communicator at heart. And when I think about my life and all the different, you know, pivots and shifts and the little wines that I've taken, you know, along the path, the one common thread is I'm a communicator, I'm a storyteller. And for me, 
you know, the reason I became a sports reporter to begin with was really because I'm fascinated by how those people are wired differently, right? Like you mentioned it in the beginning. So for me, you know, athletes, you have to, athletes have to have more than just talent. Talent and that passion gets them going. It attracts them to their craft, to their art, to their, to their sports, you know, selection of choice, right? But then after that, you have to work hard. You have to have discipline. You have to be really lucky in a sense to have, you know, the right people around you or, or you're attracting the right people into your life. Um, and then you also have to have this really interesting ability that is similar in entrepreneurship. It's all similar, but um, you have to be willing and able to kind of block out the noise. So Mateen, it's similar to when you're out there shooting a, a free throw, right? And you're, you're out there, but you're not listening to anything else. You're in the zone. It's the same thing. When you're starting a business, everybody thinks you're crazy. Everybody thinks I'm crazy all the time. <laughs> I'm very used to it. Like, and it's, that's, I think I, I, we laugh about it, but it's the most challenging part of, I think, doing anything and trusting yourself is like, listen, you know, not listening to all the fear-based kind of mindsets that can kind of creep in because most people are afraid. So I think for me, it's all like everything I do I've, and I've done looks very different from the outside, but upon reflection, I've broken it down and it feels like the same. Like for me, I, I became a reporter so that I could tell those inspiring stories of those athletes. I, I love sports, but I don't love sports to the point where that's where it got what, what got me in. And I know that might not be popular opinion, but I love the stories, you know, outside the lines, you know, not to take a, a play from ESPN, but I like those stories. You know, what makes someone who they are? You know, the same thing that you guys are doing right now with me. You know, you're talking <laughs> to me about why am I wired this way? So, and I think the beauty of that is when you hear other people's stories and you share your stories, you're giving people a chance to kind of connect the dots in their own life. So for me, like, I'm getting ready to start my own podcast as well. And I, uh, I feel like for me, sharing my stories, the, the whole reason, the whole reason is one, for myself to see myself more clearly. That's one, I'm doing it for myself because I have a passion for it. But part two, and equally as important to me is, is stories have saved my life. Hearing other people's stories have saved my life. They've inspired me. They've connected my own dots. So in my brain where it's like, oh, this doesn't relate to this, but then you hear someone else and you're like, oh, I can do that then. So for me, it's like storytelling is powerful. It's medicine, it's healing. It's giving other people that may have had these quote unquote crazy ideas. They're not crazy. If you have the idea, it exists for a reason. So I think um, for me, I mean, to, to kind of, you know, long story short, answer your question, I, I think I've essentially been the same thing. It's just about how I've like packaged it, you know? And I think the power is, is going back into our own stories and kind of seeing what are those common threads and how can I make something of this where I can add value to the world and be fulfilled? How can I help people? How can I, you know, solve some problems that exist in the world? And um, for me, this all kind of started like in childhood because my parents are immigrants and they're, they're incredible humans. And one of the things that they really wanted for us is they wanted us to have an all American life, all American life. So one of the decisions that they made uh, was that they didn't want to teach us Arabic or Chaldean, which are their first and second languages, right? So if you think about that, that's, that's great. Like they didn't want us to have accents, which is really sweet. You know, it's very kind. 
you know, that also comes with some challenges, you know, i.e., you know, you don't speak the same first language as your as your kids. Right. So we didn't speak the same first language. So that created kind of for me, a passion for communication, a passion for figuring out new ways of connecting the dots with people, people from differing cultures, because I'm American. I'm born in America. I'm Chaldean by heritage. Absolutely. That's part of who I am. It's in my blood. But I was born here. So I'm going to school here. I've got, you know, American ways of life. And I'm melding them with this really, you know, really culturally, you know, kind of patriarchal culture, really, realistically. I'm the firstborn, you know, I'm a girl. So I, I definitely, everything I wanted to do in life sounded crazy. So you can imagine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can imagine I was pushing boundaries just as a, as a woman in general, but then a Middle Eastern woman, you take that on top of it. Um, my parents are super open, open-minded now, but I'm, I'm sure I had a lot to do with that. I pushed, I pushed, <laughs> I pushed, I pushed, I pushed. <laughs> um, and so that was really my first lesson in, yeah, people think you're crazy. It might even be the people inside your house who love you and are just trying to protect you. But, you know, my ideas of what I wanted to do with my life were very outside of what everyone in my family had ever done. So um, entrepreneurial, having an entrepreneurial spirit is similar to being an immigrant. Uh, having an entrepreneurial spirit is similar to being an athlete. Entrepre you know, being a reporter, Justin, same with you. Being a reporter is really hard. It's, how many jobs are there in the country? There's like a handful of sports jobs, literally. So we're always applying for jobs like in a, in a tough economy, right? So you just kind of, it's just been in me. So when you ask me about like my title, I don't really care what anyone wants to call me. It's just, I'm like a risk taker, I guess, by nature. And I don't even realize that. It's just who I am because I don't want to live a life that most people are living. And that looks you know, scary. And I, but, but, you know, I want that for a reason. Right. So I have to go pursue it. <laughs> let me, let me say this. <laughs> Cause I love you and I love your approach because usually, you know, you know, me and Justin, we kind of warm our way into the show and here you are just like kicking the door off the hinges. Like, go. I love that. It's like, you know, you come in hitting a three-pointer from half quarter, throwing a hundred hour touchdown pass or hitting a home run with the opposite yeah. hand. Like you didn't mess around, Heather. And I love that. And it's, it's no surprise that you're having success and you'll continue to be successful. You just showed us that in the first 10 minutes. Like I love I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I was I was thinking the same thing. I mean, she was just bringing it right right off the jump. I mean, boom, right into the deep end. No, no, uh, you know, kind of dipping a toe in at all. Uh, I, I think that's a th that's another thing about me. My team will tell you this. Um, I I prefer deep conversation. I want to just cut right to the chase. It's a film technique. You know, it's this. It works in in a video edit when you're making edit. Cut to the chase. Don't give me ten minutes of. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to be there for it. Give me, give me the meat right up front. Like, tell me what it's all about. And like, I just, to me, like, I don't think I'm anything special. I will say that again. I don't think I'm anything special. I think what I did special was I listened to myself. That was it. That was it. I listened to the aching, nagging little voice in my head, my heart, my gut that was like, yeah. There's more. There's more. There's <laughs> like a like a tap, 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 tap. This is not it. This is not it. And for me, it's still always going to be like that. Like I'm in another position like that now. 
you know, our business has been around for 10 years. It's amazing. We've grown so much. We've shifted, we've changed, we've, we've deleted whole sectors of business, you know? Um, and we're about to do something again. And everybody thinks I'm crazy again. And do you know what that means to me? That I'm onto something. <laughs> You're doing the right thing. Thinks I'm crazy when I'm about to do something great. And I'm using I, but I hope everyone listening like takes that for themselves. What is it that is so crazy that all your friends and family are judging you about? Go do that. Go do it. Go do it. <laughs> Go do it. Because that's yes. what you're supposed to do. That's the thing. And I think we have to get to know that voice inside so that we can discern what action to take. Like, yeah, that looks good for me. Or, well, that looks like a good path, but I, that doesn't feel right for me. And I, I think that the quicker we get to the point of like, there is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad choices. There's just choices for us. There's a right for us and a wrong for us. And that's it. That's it. It might sound crazy to someone else, but if every athlete, Mateen, if you, if you listen to all the crazy people who said, you're never going to be a pro athlete, you're never going to never gonna play at Michigan state. You're never going to do this. You never would have done it. And then we all would have been really pissed. <laughs> You're 100% right. You know, and I heard it as a kid, you know, even teachers saying, you know, uh, it was a saying back in the day, you know, only one in a million makes it to the NBA, you know, and I had teachers telling me that at an early age. And thank God that I had a mother and a father that pumped a lot of self-confidence in me at an early age and uh, support, you know, but you're right. You're 100% right. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yes, so, and then we have to be that for ourselves as we grow. Yes, yes. So, so just for some context here, Heather, before we get too f- too much further down the track, because you, yeah. you are on fire, you're on fire, which I love. Yes, but I, but I want to tell people, Thank you know you. what I, I want to tell people, you know what it what it is you actually do, what your business is cool. all about. So you've got a essentially you've got a video production agency. Um, you, yes. you you said you were a, a former television reporter. And then you transfer those skills over to, to opening this business, which, which started with you doing wedding videos, but then, but then Mateen morphed into her creating video content for such clients as Apple, Mm -hmm. Audi, the Detroit Pistons, uh, Ford Motor Company. Am I missing anybody, Heather? Why don't you fill us in? There's a couple more, you know, there's a couple more, um, but it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. We've done some good work. We work with awesome brands. Uh, we still to this day work with the Detroit Pistons. Um, and my story really from an entrepreneurial standpoint really starts there. Um, so I'll get to that. But yeah, the, uh, modern day, we're, we're a full-time team of seven and growing. We luckily hired two people during the pandemic, which was, you know, just so grateful for. Um, and we get to work with small businesses, local businesses, big brands, like you mentioned, like Apple. And really what we're all about is helping connect the dots. We want to inspire action. And we want to work with brands that are actually concerned with like elevating the human experience. So any brand that is like, you know, we see this problem, we want to solve it. And their values aligned, like they actually care about humanity, you know, more than, you know, my whole thing is, is people over profits, people over profits. Always. I came from some interesting cultural, you know, industries (laughs) <laughs> new the, the the news industry isn't exactly like you know come on over here we're going to give you a hug you know it's it's not exactly like that in my opinion um in my experience so for me i really wanted to create a place that allowed people to be themselves where they didn't come to work and they heard more no you can't do that 
that's the way it's always been done. And we do this because of that. Well, I don't, ooh, sorry, am I allowed to swear on here? You're good. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can edit that. You're good. Wonderful. I'm not on live television anymore, so I forget <laughs> sometimes. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> sorry. But yeah. I basically, yeah. Are you guys so glad you invited me on the show? I'm yes. Like, uh, I mean, yes. we couldn't be happier. Let's go. Well, Come on. You got to keep it up. This. You set the bar pretty it. high. You got to keep it going. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I can keep it up. Um, so basically, yeah, we, we've pivoted and shifted a lot. Um, right now we do a lot of work for the Pistons, Platinum Equity. Um, we're doing work for the Kresge Foundation. We've worked with them for years. I love working with nonprofits that has our heart. Um, and one of the things for us, you know, really is, so I always say, yeah, we want to fill up the bank account, but we also want to fill up our hearts. So like, to me, this is all a spiritual experience. Running a business is a spiritual thing. And I just, that's how I look at it. You know, everything that I'm doing in the world, that's how I'm adding and contributing. Um, and so for, for us, we want Zara Creative to be a place where people can be themselves. They can be their best selves and they can use all their talents and their skills and their passions to actually be of service in the world. So that's, that's in a nutshell what we do. We, we make awesome video content, photo content, and we're really gearing towards creating content for social media for companies because that's where, you know, we can add value. We can share. We can teach best practices. We can, you know, every company needs to do that now. So we, we have those skills. and We want to be able to partner with companies that are like-minded and and care about inspiring joy and making uh, our lives better. Listen, I, I love problems. I don't and I could hear, I could just listen to you talk all day. Come on, I, I love it. But you you said something that was interesting to me. And I, I don't want it to slip by our, our listeners' ear. Sure. And you said people over profit. And it's like, well, some people might say, well, wait, wait a minute. What what are you in business for? But like people over profit, but something in the back of my head says the profit will come anyway when you treat yes. people the right way. But I'll let you, I'm asking the question, so you go ahead. Mateen, and you you're it. right. Mateen, you are right. Okay, <laughs> let's, all, let's all take a moment and just everybody picture your own situation. Everybody knows where they work. Everybody knows what they do. Everybody knows, okay? And we've all worked at places. Well, hopefully we're lucky enough to have worked at places that are awesome, that we like, like. And most of us, have a place or two or three or four or five or currently that we really just, it felt like, I'm going to describe it. Your neck is like sore. You feel contracted. Like you feel like tense. You feel like contracted, you know, versus expanded. You know, when you walk into a room and you're like hanging out with your friends and you're hanging out with people that you love, that make you feel like your best. That's a different vibe. Those two vibes are different feelings, right? So even if you don't work at a place or you've never worked at a place that that lights you up like that, maybe you've got friends that you go visit every time and you're like, oh, I could be myself. I don't have to put on this mask, you know, or you have family that makes you feel like that. Um, so picture that, hold that. That's how it should be to go to work. It should, how much time do we spend working? Minimum eight hours a day for most people. Most people in today's modern day work way more than that, like 12, 14 hours. I know when I was a sports reporter and then when I first started my business before I had, you know, all of these new mindsets that I, that I hold now, I was working like a maniac. I was working, you know, minimum 12 hour days, you know, 14, 16 hour days. And I thought that was normal. 
I thought that was normal. That's not normal, everyone. That's not normal. That's not normal. <laughs> You're not supposed to work that much. <laughs> eventually, it's also not sustainable. Like eventually you're yeah. just going to go, that happened to me when I was, you know, this is probably four years ago. I just totally burned out. I just burned out. I was like, oh, this isn't normal. What am I doing? So anyway, when you put people before profits, when you actually look at humans for what they are, which are humans, we actually need to drink water every day. We need to eat proper foods. We need to move our bodies. That's just like the basic things we just need to do from a foundational standpoint. We also need meaningful connection in our lives. We need friends, family, support. This is like, have you ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? It's the foundational pillar. So like, if you're looking at like a triangle, like a pyramid on the bottom foundation, it's basic needs, food, water, shelter, connection. Those are basic human needs. If, if you don't have those, how can you build? How can you build upon it? You guys are in the home industry, right? So how can you build a strong house without a strong foundation? These are foundational things. And for whatever reason, we just act like humans aren't humans. How is that possible? Um, basically, how do we expect people to bring their best selves to work every day when we don't take into account the human being, the human being component? So here's a great example. When I used to be on TV and I worked at Channel 4, I will not name names, but there was a producer that I worked with once. And I remember I was doing uh, like a live update and we were on a commercial break and you know, you're working in a morning show where people aren't sleeping. I, I think I slept a total of like 10 hours the entire two years that I worked on that show. <laughs> but anyway, you know, everybody's like sleep deprived, you know, it's kind of a high, it's a fast paced work environment. And something happened. I don't know if I did something actually wrong or whatever, something happened. And I apparently upset him so much that he just completely projected all of his anger and everything that was going on on me during a commercial break. And here I am five, four, three, two, one. Now go <laughs> dance monkey dance. What is that? Do we really expect, you know, to take the human out of the equation? So for me, I always think about those moments, which I've experienced many times in my life. And then I was just expected to put my mask back on, perform, show up, be perfect. I think all of that is be I think that doesn't exist. I think we have to look at the whole picture. And if you treat people well, guess what now they can do? You foundationally treat them well. Now they can show up. Now they can actually deal with the, the stuff that we're working on. Now they can actually have some space in their head for the good ideas to drop in, right? Like, I just think that we have to look at people as people first and then profits. So another th interesting thing, I was listening to Simon Sinek do you know Simon Sinek? I, I love Simon Sinek. If he's listening, I would like to date you, Simon Sinek. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. Just throwing it out there by chance. <laughs> he's so great. But anywho, so basically I'm listening to him on, he's on Brene Brown's podcast. And he was talking about um, how businesses don't exist for profit. They exist to fulfill a need in the world. And then yes, profit happens. <laughs> yes, you need money. Yes, you need resources to make that thing happen. But the, the business doesn't come together to make money. And the truth is, is when I think about it, when I started my business, I saw a need that had to be filled. I have skills to fill that need from a communication standpoint. And so, yes, I'm starting a business to fulfill this communication need that exists in the world. People need video content. They need video content that actually speaks to people. 
They need video content that people actually watch, absorb, consume, and then take inspired action from. I know how to do that. I know how to do that very well. So that's, that's why I started the business, not to make money. Not to make money. I love it. Money so, comes though. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good lesson for anybody. You know, if you're getting into a, a new business or a new idea, you know, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And, you know, to kind of piggyback what you were talking about with all those things that are so important to you, when you're building out your company and especially as the leader of the company, how, how important was it for you to establish that culture, you know, to make sure that your values were known to anybody that you were going to bring onto your team. And as you continue to, to build your company and kind of grow. Cool. Okay. So I'm, thank you for asking. That's such a good question. Number one, number two, that has evolved. That has evolved. So I, I know from the very beginning, culture has always been a huge part. It, it's always been, I wanted to create, it was mostly out of my frustration, truthfully, from being treated actually very poorly and, and also for not being allowed to be myself. Um, so I was always positioned into these roles that people thought I could fill. So for example, I always wanted to be a sports reporter. I had my own reasons behind that. Every person tried to convince me out of it. When I got into news, they all tried to put me in there. By the way, my dog's here. They all tried to put me in my, you know, little news roles that I'm not, I didn't want to do. Eventually they put me into a traffic role at the last station that I was at, which I'm not, I'm not a traffic reporter. Right. So basically this was all seeped in, and, you know, I wanted to create a place that allowed people to be who they are, where I could listen to them and not just put them in the box that I needed them to be in. So it was always like at the forefront. However, I didn't have established values until recently, actually. And this all kind of began, um, about five years ago, I started exploring, like, we need values. I was getting, I was like really on, you know, I read a lot of books. <laughs> I read a lot of, you know, improvement books, business books. And I was like, we need values, you know, but I, I wasn't ready to actually formulate like why. And, and so we've gone over the last couple of years and we've actually established really strong values. And I look at values now as boundaries. They're, they're, they're really how we hire how we fire and how we measure, how we measure each other, you know, our successes, right? So um, before when I didn't have clear, you know, clear, clear values, I wasn't attracting, you know, exactly the type of team, you know, that would have made sense for us. I mean, I was definitely attracting probably exactly what I was putting out, right? I think like attracts like, I think whatever you're putting out, you get back. So now that we have core values, it's been kind of amazing. It's been magical. Like after 10 years in business, you really know what defines like the right fit in terms of team members, right? Um, it's very similar to playing on a basketball team. You, you need certain positions and you need also that Mateen, there's that magic you can't, and Justin, you've witnessed this in covering teams over the years. There's a magic almost that you can't define. There is no like, it's like this chemistry thing that is invisible but it's part of it. It's that alchemy. It's like that beautiful, like, mm, it's like when you put all the ingredients in a soup and you're like, Ooh, I don't know which one it was, but it was all of them together. You know? <laughs> so I think that core values and are so important, both personally and professionally. Um, I think it's so, so important. And when, for me, it was really helpful looking at them as boundaries and measurable, like measurables for how we, how we assess, are we, where we're, 
at are we where we are supposed to be is the action i am about to take going to get me in the direction of the big picture vision you know i think it yeah. just gives us something to have like this checklist so do you want to know what ours are you, would you like i would love i would yeah i was gonna that was gonna Let's be my go come on bring it, bring it. Let's bring it on lay it on us so my the first one is ecosystem over the ecosystem which is teamwork are you doing what's best for the whole team and the big picture vision or are you doing what's best for yourself and i think it's pretty easy to answer in most most situations so we we always do what's best for the team um our, our next value is communication it's literally our art form so if you can't be a good communicator Probably not the right place for you to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, an, that's our uh, next one. Uh, third one is growing and evolving. I am a grower. I'm a learner. I'm a student. I'm a, uh, a teacher only because I feel like we're supposed to be here to share and like help make someone's life a little easier once we figured something out, you know, um, which by the way, we're always figuring things out. I, I'm a firm believer and we're always a work in progress, but communication that's our, our next one or sorry communication growing and evolving the next one is responsibility uh you know we really have this culture that is is accountable you know uh can you do you know can you take something and run with it um when we approach you is the first response an excuse or is it a solution typically if it's someone who's providing excuses i mean that's not a good fit for us we believe in taking, you know, responsibility for everything and we're growing something together and it's not about placing blame. It's about getting it done and, and doing it for the greater good. Um, and then lastly is details, 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 details with everything, details in how we're treating each other, details in the emails that we're sending details in, you know, our production rundowns. Like we think of everything. We think of what, the people are going to eat. Are they going to have water on, you know, on hand for them? Are they going to have hair and makeup and who's doing the makeup? And oh, so-and-so like this person who did makeup last time. So let's make sure this person's there. You know, like it's the little details that make everything count. Um, and in edit, did you put a transition here, you know, to make the movement feel the way we want the viewer to feel? Um, so yeah, core values are huge. I think once we establish those, it's like you almost get excited to, to hire because you recognize you're going to attract this really incredible person that's going to hit all these boxes, right? And more than that, they're going to come with this certain other thing that we can't even really define, but it's just kind of that magic, you know? Does that make sense? Like, you, know what it, you know what it sounds like to me, and, and Mateen, I don't know if you were going to go there, but you, you, Heather, you were talking about, you know, like with a, a great soup, you know, the ingredients or, or Mateen, you know, like a great team. It's the intangibles. That's what it is. It's the things you can't describe that chemistry. It's, it's not the talent. It's, it's those things that you can't quantify that you can't commoditize. Um, and I think it's a great point, Heather and Mateen, I'm sure every team that you played on every team you've been on since had those intangibles. Uh, and that led to probably most of your success. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's like she she hit on she great points, and uh, you have to do it. You know, I mean, if, if if when everything when you when you the it's like a perfect mix, you know, and it's not mm -hmm. about me, it's about we, you know, and it's that's yeah. I think perfect intangibles that great teams have. And they work so yeah. well together. They family oriented. They cover each other back. They love each other. You know, so it's so many things that go into it uh, to have success. But I wanted to ask you, 
Um, because I, I love how you break this stuff down. And we've interviewed a lot of people. I've, I've done radio for years and TV. We all know our backgrounds. And sometimes people can be salesmen. I mean, they just, you totally. know, you're not. It's genuine. Yeah. It's deep, better inside of you. And, and that's what I love. And it comes across when you're speaking about it. But let me ask you this, because as a leader, I've had, and you care about people, but sometimes you have to coach them up you know, or hold people accountable. And I have leaders that's player coaches. I mean, they love their teams, but they struggle having the tough conversations. So what advice would you have uh, for that person that's in in that situation? Ooh, I love that. What a great question. Okay. I think um, I'm always thinking about my leadership. I'm always thinking about how I can up-level my leadership. And I truly believe, number one, that's a lifelong journey that I will always, always, always be a work in progress. I also believe that because I think that way, I'm a great leader. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out there. Um, I'm going to bring up one of, my, one of my mentors, Tim Smith. He passed away almost three years ago uh, to the day, actually. Uh, this month. And one of, one of the things that I loved so much about him, well, there's two, well, there's so many things, but two things that come to mind and that I really think about every day and that I've really tried to work into myself is being authentic, authenticity, really, you know, thinking about that word, what it means, what it looks like to show up authentically. Um, Because as a TV reporter, I'm sure both of you can kind of, you know, chime in on that. You kind of don't, always get paid to be yourself. (laughs) Yeah, not always. You don't always get paid to be yourself. You have to get paid sometimes to be some other version of what they need you to be, which, you know, it's confusing, but I wore that hat very well. I was a very good performer. So a lot of this has been unlearning, this process of me unlearning new ways of being. So authenticity, number one, and number two is humility. And humility is a word that I still go back to and I try to redefine several times because and reteach myself about what it looks like to be humble, what that really means. And I think all it means is this, going back to that human element, we're human. If we don't own that, we're we're never going to win any game. We're we're done. We're done. We are human. If we're human, that means we have vulnerabilities. If we have vulnerabilities, that means everybody else does. (laughs) So it's all good. And I think that kind of goes back, like you said, I don't sound like a salesperson. I'm sure I used to. I'm sure I used to, for sure, for sure, because I always was showing up. That also, Heather, ties into what you talked about at the top of the show, you know, about your your belief that there really should be a hierarchy, you know, and that you don't really put too much into titles. It's like, think about it. If you're having a conversation with your leader and it's a tough conversation, like like Bettine said, maybe they're, you know, trying to coach you up a little bit. Mm -hmm. If they are humble, if they are authentic, if they're not, you know, talking down to you, then that message is going to be so much better received than if they come down on you in a way that, you know, they're basically showing you that, that they are above you. So I I think it all to me, and you mentioned it, you know, connecting the dots, you're, you're connecting your own dots, but it seems like your business, your entire business uh, from your business model to how you operate as as the leader of the company, all these dots are connected. There's not one piece of it that's kind of standing off to the side. And it's like, okay, we've got this, this is, you know, part of our business, but it doesn't really align. No, your business seems like it is fully aligned with all of your values. Thank you. I, that's been, thank you for saying that. Cause I'll, I'll just throw this out there. And again, this is in, in an effort to be truly authentic. It wasn't always that way. 
So just, you know, for the people who are hearing that, I am, I am not, I've not always been this way. I definitely had this heart. I definitely did, but it was covered with a lot of weird armor that I thought, you know, I have to show up this way and I have to wear these types of clothes and I have to, and I can't get a tattoo and I can't do this and my hair can't be too long. And no, it's all crap. It's all crap. It's all crap. It's all crap. This is all the stuff that other people have told us. And unfortunately, you know, we, we, we took personally, so we can't, you know, most of the way that people have treated us has nothing to do with us. That's just the truth. And like, you know, it's kind of interesting. I have this, (laughs) this concept of like, breaking down cliches because as much as we hate cliches god they're there for a damn reason aren't they like they <laughs> so make sense right and it's like i'm kind of i feel like i'm at the stage in my life and my career um where i'm i'm realizing that i'm connecting all those dots and i think it goes back to those basic simple simple lessons that if we actually break them down and really think about what they mean it makes leadership it makes life so much easier so another thing that just kind of it came to me when we were talking there is no work-life balance because we talked about, so this is something that Rich Sheridan said. Um, he's a local entrepreneur, has an awesome book called um, Joy Inc. Anyway, um, he always said there's no work-life balance. There is work and there's life. There's life and life must be in balance. Okay. So it's kind of the same thing with personal and professionally. Like we were talking about, like you show up personally this way, you show up professionally that way. Like you mentioned, my business feels all connected. It's because for the first time, I'm really realizing there is no work Heather and then home Heather. There's just Heather. She's just, she, Heather just exists. And I have to show up authentically Heather. And if I show up authentically Heather, guess what? Now I have a business that makes sense. Now I have a business that like feels aligned because I'm just aligning it to myself. So that's one, another lesson I'd love to share of freedom. Something that's liberated me so much is this, this getting that idea out of your head. There is no personal life Heather and there's no professional life Heather there's no separate anyone there's just us so I think it's like the more we can get to know ourselves what we truly want and and discern between what is our voice and what are the voices of the outside people who are really just talking at us with their fear that's really all it is yeah I you know I'm glad you said that because I you know it's funny because I interact with our leaders, we got almost 800 leaders at our company and I get a, a chance to interact with them every day. And what some of them, you know, I run into just team members in general. And they say, man, you're so genuine. Like you never change. Like you're the same guy every day. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm just being myself. I don't know how to put on no act. And when you do that, that's when it gets hard. If you're just being yourself, you're good. Even in TV, I was the same guy every day. I came in good. with the same person. I never switched up. I never changed. And I and I want our listeners to really home in on that and, and, and take that to heart because it's hard to be somebody else. It ain't that hard yes. to be yourself. And it's only one you. You know what I yes. mean? It's only one you. It's only one Heather. I mean, it's all these other people, but it's only one you. So. Yes. Pay attention to that because guys, if you like come in and own that, cause you are somebody, you know, and, and, totally. and, and, and it's hard to be, don't come, just front stuff, but ah, kill all of that. Right? Be yourself, man, come in. And, and, and that's going to get you further than you ever can imagine. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, Mateen, because Heather, you're right. I mean, a lot of people who are on TV, you know, they, they aren't being themselves, 
Mateen is the one exception to that because he is 100% right. He's the same guy right now that he was when he was working on TV that I see all the time. So, yeah, you know he is what? the one exception. It's because he wasn't trained, like, uh, like a, which is great. I think You're right. beautiful. Yeah. Honestly, like, I think back to coaches. I don't know if you've worked with coaches, Justin, in your I time, do. but, like, oh. That's good. Don't work Me, on the TV. I coach. just jumped. Mateen, I just jumped on TV. I just jumped in the deep end. That's but Mateen, that's good. You're a good example. So like, so this is so good. So in TV, when I used to work with TV coaches, you know, they're, they're, they're coaching you to be a mold to fit in a role, which is why they didn't like, you know, they liked me, but they, they, they didn't understand why I just wanted to do my own thing. I'm like, you cannot force me into this traffic box. You know, it was like, it's like kind of the same thing. Like when I was a little kid, like I was always like this artsy, creative, you know, whatever, like, and very academic. Um, but I always wanted to do certain things and my parents were like so confused. Right. It's just, this is just who I am. But, um, so something you mentioned, Mateen, that I want to circle back to, you said, it's not hard to be yourself. So I, I what one thing, and I think you're correct, but I also want to, um, I want to justify for others who are like, listening to this. Cause for me, honestly, it was very hard to be myself. Okay. So I'm just going to, um, you know, depending on how we grew up, depending mm-hmm. on the the cultures and the systems that we live in, and especially for women out there, I'm, I'm going to say this to women, we are not always given a permission slip to be ourselves. So it is understandable if you find it hard to not show up authentically. I just trust me. I'm, I, I, I believe that. And I feel it. I am literally a product of that. Like if, if, Mateen and Justin, if we had this conversation even two years ago, you'd be talking to a different person. You'd be mm-hmm. talking to, you know, this goodness wouldn't have been coming out because I would have been so concerned about, well, how do I look? And, and what am I, what are they going to think about me? And, and what are they going to say? And oh my God. And oh, I can't say this because then this business won't call me. And I can't say this because then this company won't call me. And now it's like, no, 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 no. I just want to work with people who want to work with me, the real me. And I don't want to like pretend to be something, you know, like I was cleaning out my, my closet. Um, I'm planning on going on an adventure. I'm, I'm planning on moving temporarily somewhere warm because literally everything's remote and you know, it's kind of cold in Detroit. So anyway, so I was cleaning out my closet and I had some remaining items from like, like a news anchory type of a situation where I would you know, maybe, maybe I, I go to the mayor's event and I, I need a, a fancy outfit or something. Right. And I'm like looking at these outfits. I'm like, ah, they're not me at all. Like <laughs> not me. Straight like, out of the, uh, straight out of the Veronica Corningstone line. Very Veronica Corningstone, very Veronica Corningstone. I said, I'm not Veronica Corningstone. I have no desire to be Veronica Corningstone. So I, I, that was it. I just gave them away. And that's like nice. a little silly example, but like I say, everyone should clean out their work closet of like all these weird approaches that you take with you, these weird business mindsets that are so old school and just throw them out. Give them, don't even give them to, don't give them away to anyone. Don't do that. Just throw them away. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, I mean, you you have so much great advice and, and, you know, I I love the fact that you've gotten to this point where you can be um, just authentically you. Um, But, but I I do want to go back to, you know, your, your business because, you know, for, for our listeners out there who are trying to build their own business, um, you know, I, I'm sure that they would find a lot of value in hearing about, you know, a, a story that you have about a client you got that really just kind of sent your business in an Ooh. upward trajectory. And I, and I know that, you know, for everybody out there, go go and look up the video and Heather, you can, you can tell them how to find it. 
but her company did this video for for Apple, little, a little company called Apple. You may you may have heard of them. Um, it is a it is a beautiful video. Uh, but but there's a story behind how you got the gig. So I, w- I want you to share that and kind of cool. uh, also the context of how you know how this happened um, can can kind of just be a, a lesson for anybody out there in business about um, connections and, and the value of networking. Cool. Okay. Sweet. Um, that's so interesting because I have so many opinions about networking. Okay. Again, it goes back to authenticity, <laughs> but, um, okay. So I'll tell you a good story. I'll tell you actually the story of how I started the business because I think it'll be very good for people listening now because we're in a weird time of life, right? The whole world is essentially quote unquote shut down in one way or another. Our lives have shifted. So I'm going to, I'm going to share the story so that hopefully it inspires others to recognize that even when we're in this weird darkness, that's sometimes where the, the beautiful creative alchemy bubbles up. So, um, back in 2011, this is 10 years, 10 years ago, uh, I had just started my job with the Detroit Pistons in January of 2011. And I had just left channel four. I was there for about four years. And I was, when I left there, I was doing traffic full time and I just really wanted to be a sports reporter. I wanted to tell stories. So I took this leap and I took a huge pay cut <laughs> to go work at the Detroit Pistons. And um, I was covering the team and I was, I was really happy. Well, six months in the NBA goes into a lockout and I'm going, oh man, NBA is in a lockout. I've got no players to interview. And I just started this job six months ago. What am I going to do? So, um, I look at that moment as like, you know, you'd look back in your story and you go, wow, how would that happen? I just left channel four. I'm only at this new place for six months. And then here the NBA shuts down. So this was very similar to like, you know, the, the, the world shutting down, right. Um, back in, back in March of 2020, I found out that COVID-19 was a real serious issue when I first heard news that an NBA player had gotten COVID. And I was like, oh my God, this feels so eerily familiar to, you know, nine years before when I was experiencing the lockout as a reporter on the team. So I look at that as a pivotal moment because also the team was being sold. The Davidson family was selling the team. And at that time, Tom Gores bought the team. If I did not work for that, if I didn't work for the Pistons at that time, I never would have met Tom. Tom is my client to this day. <laughs> so I look at that as like, okay, you know, you look at these little like, well, you ask yourself, why did that happen? Why was I there? Like, what did, sometimes I think there are reasons that we might not even know for, for years after. Um, I wouldn't have known that until two years later when we started working with Tom. But anyway, so that happened. So here I am. It's June 2011. NBA is in lockout. I just started this job for six months. At that time, I was 27 years old. And every time I logged on to Facebook, somebody new was getting engaged, right? There was like a new... I'm engaged. I'm engaged. I'm engaged. So that's in the back of my head. Um, I've been in communication and journalism like my whole life, essentially. I've been playing and making videos since I was like 13. Um, So that's in the back of my head. And I'm kind of looking around and I'm like, I get this idea. Oh, no. I went to a friend's house and they were sharing their wedding video with us. And I'm not exactly like someone who like grew up thinking about wedding videos or anything. I'd never even watched one. Um, and I remember watching and I was like, whoa, this is really good. It's cinematic. It's storytelling. Like it's emotional. I've got the chills and I don't even, I don't truthfully care very much about weddings. Sorry. I, I support your weddings. If you get married, I just, I just don't 
I don't care that much. It's just, it's just me. It's, it's okay. Nothing. It says nothing about my opinions of, of marriage or anything. I just, just not one of my dreams. I'm, I'm not one of those girls. Right. But when I watched that video, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And the first thought I had was, whoa, I can do that. And I can do it better because back then I had a bit of an ego that I was carrying around with me, you know, and it helped. <laughs> it helped back then. Cause I was like, whatever, I want to do this. So I just kind of got obsessed. I didn't take more than probably 20 minutes to think about it. And I think that's when the best ideas kind of come is the ones that you just, you just find yourself really building without really thinking about too much or overthinking. It just felt like the next natural step in my life. So here I am, I work at the Palace of Auburn Hills at the time. I had nothing to do. So I kind of went to work every day and I just like was planning my business essentially. Um, Long story short, ended up launching the company in January of 2012. um, And we're still in business. (laughs) Two years later, um, oh, we don't do weddings anymore. I should should tell you that. Um, I'm so grateful that we did weddings because I got experience in a consumer facing type of a business. I learned very quickly that while we became, we were very good at it. I mean, we were doing up to 55, 60 weddings a year. We became one of the most highly sought wedding video companies in the area. We were doing travel gigs left and right, but I mean, it just wasn't my passion. And I'm, I believe that we should follow our passion. So if I knew I was being of service to people that I didn't even, I I didn't care about weddings that much. I want to do something that I truly care about. So, um, the beauty is, is when we first started the business, actually, my first clients were small businesses and they were in sports. I'm just making that connection now, which is hilarious. It was uh, total sports and Novi. And then we worked with a fitness studio in, um, in Farmington. Anyway, so since then, we've been working with businesses. Um, and the client actually that changed that was a, was a, a video series. It was interviewing really inspirational people. Um, and it was all about personal and professional success, but really geared towards millennials. Um, and that really speared my passion for what I'm about to do now, which is really creating content in that space. Um, but yeah, you never know who you're going to meet and, and where, um, but if I didn't have that job for that random year with the Detroit Pistons, I never would have met Tom Gores and his entire team which I still work with to this day, who are a huge foundational part of our company. Um, And I remember the email that I got. It was two years after I started my company. I was sitting in my first office, which was 500 square feet. And I shared a desk with my intern at the time. And I was, I got this email and I just remember opening it up. And I was like, I just kind of told, I was like, I think I, I I think Tom, Tom Boris just emailed me. <laughs> and it was and it was hello Heather we've been following you and your company and we're looking for really great people on the ground in Detroit to do the work that we want to do to make an impact on the community and I'm like you've been watching my company like I'm like freaking out you know I'm like how is this possible you never know who's watching you never know who's watching so that is definitely a beautiful lesson um and then going back to like the whole networking thing I have never been like a natural, like I'm not a natural networker. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not someone who goes to like big conferences and like was traditionally like successful at that um, until I had like a really kind of a, a, a negative mindset around that networking is the point. Um, until about three years ago, I went to a group event called uh, a, an event called it's um, put on by small giants. 
and they really they put people over profits. It's a very values driven um, organization, and they attract other values driven organizations. It's so I just love them so much, and that really shifted my whole mindset around what it could look like to put yourself in a community of like minded people. So I think networking, just for those of you who are like me, who where it felt icky, like that word felt yucky. All I would challenge you to 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 say is is challenge are you being authentic number one and are you putting yourself in places where you're finding like-minded people and then i think you'll love networking and that whole will that that will shift right like that i'm just throwing that out there because i always had a really kind of icky feel about (laughs) networking and and you know what sometimes people got to get comfortable being uncomfortable you know, yes. and, and yeah, and, and that's that's one of the things, but that, and that's okay. But you you've learned and you grew, and and now you're networking every day, probably I'm sure. But let me let me ask you this because you said something, and I think it's a perfect time to ask this question. You said I can do that, and what I want you to talk a little bit about it for women empowering women. I was raised by a strong mother. We got a vice president that's a woman. You know what oh, I mean? We got. Yeah. I, I, I interact with successful, powerful women on a daily basis at our company. I'm sitting here interacting with you, who is, comes across, who I see is a powerful woman. Okay, what do you say to the to the to the young lady that still still think like I'm a I'm a girl, you know, I'm a woman, I I I, I can't do it, or give themselves plenty of excuses why not to do it. Challenge them to look within. I would challenge them to look within themselves. So basically that means in some way, and that's not bad. That just means that we haven't broken the barrier of conditioning, like our conditioning. So what we've been conditioned. So all it is, is about redefining our definition. So like you kind of mentioned like, okay, so when they say like crying like a girl or playing like a girl, these are old, these are old paradigms that need to be shifted. These yeah, are yeah. old ways of talking about women and girls that need to simply be addressed, named, and called out for what they are. Old systems of like mass brainwashing. Let's just be really real and direct about that. That started way before us. That started way, way, way before us, but we have to own that. And Also, just to, again, be really comfortable being yourself and recognizing that women can literally do anything that men can do. It's it's simply just remembering that. And again, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's um, almost having like really like these ears that can hear only what is aligned with you. Don't don't listen to what other people think. Okay, I have so many stories, by the way, as a woman in business, there's I, I did I did big work for an automotive company. And I pitched an idea to a creative director that we were working with. And for whatever, he couldn't hear me. And I've been treated this way many times in my life. I'm a a woman who literally was a sports reporter. I was one of the few females in a locker room, you know, many times in my life. So I know that look. I know the not look. (laughs) I know when you're not getting looked at in the eye, it basically means they don't see you. Um, So here's here's my, my, well, what I had to do is the, the creative director wasn't listening to me. So what I did that I never would do again, but I'm sharing this to just because I see you, I hear you women, I, I acknowledge you. I hired an older man who was in the advertising industry to give my exact same pitch. And guess what? He heard him. It cost me uh, 15K, 
But uh, I did that just to get the whole job done. In hindsight, I wouldn't have done that. In hindsight, I'll never do that again. In hindsight, I won't work with anybody who can't see me. I'm just throwing that out there. So I don't have a clear cut answer. All I have is this. We can do anything. There's no such thing as a hierarchy. And until you know that for yourself, it's going to be hard to show up powerful. But you are powerful, whether you're a woman or a man. It's just the water you were swimming in, right? Like fish swim in water, but they don't know they're swimming in water until they're on land. (laughs) We're all swimming in water. We're all swimming in water that we don't realize. And the water has been polluted with a lot of nonsense about what women can and can't do. Get yourself out of the water, but just make sure you can get back in so you can breathe again if you're a fish. <laughs> Love it. I, I was like, I got to think about that for a second. But, but, but now that I think about it, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, I, I got one other thing I want to I hit on with you. And this, this kind of relates more to, you know, your, your business growing and continuing to grow, which for you, fortunately, even during a pandemic, you're continuing to, to do great things. And you, it relates to something you talked about earlier, Heather, you know, being in the weeds of your business, you know, sitting with an editor as they're putting together a video. Um, how do you balance being in the weeds with also growing the business and kind of having that 30,000 foot view of scaling um, and going after new clients? What, what is that process like for you um, as a business owner? Great question, Justin. I love this question. I don't get in the weeds anymore. That's not my job. I'm not supposed to be in the weeds, so I don't put myself in them anymore. Um, this is how I look at it. God. Okay. So there's this um, book that I've read. It's called Traction. I love, I love it. Um, Gina Wickman wrote it. Um, basically, instead of a, hierarch- a hierarchical chart, it's an accountability chart. And each, the, the business is built with each, each person that's in the role is in the right seat. So it's the right person in the right seat. My job is I look at myself as like the eagle, right? I fly really high above. I'm in charge of the big picture. I see all the things. So I see the big picture vision. My, my, my responsibility is the big picture vision, um, articulating that, communicating it, and finding ways to integrate it into our everyday. Um, and then it's the details. It's then swooping in and being of service when they need me to remove a roadblock or they need me to like, oh, Heather, you, you've worked with this person before. What, what can we do here? Or like at the end of a video edit, you know, I'm really good at the beginning of a project, like the, the big picture, and then let them do it because they're really good at that. I've got awesome people who are really, really good at that. I'm actually not that great of it, at it. Most CEOs are not great at the actual work because we slow everything down. Let's just be real. It might be our trade. It might be what we're really good at. But at a certain point, we also bring the project to a halt. I'm just going to throw that out there because like, that's what I do. So it's funny. Like I talk about it openly. This again goes back to humility, recognizing your strengths and your maybe not so strong. I I hate the word weaknesses, but whatever. Weaknesses, strengths, we should know them well and we should be friends with them. Because if we're building our position around the strengths, we're actually serving our, our teammates better too. So I actually don't get in the weeds anymore. I'm much better at that. I, I really try to hire and delegate. Um, and I, I try to hire for, for like, oh, here's a great example. Right now, I'm actually not taking my own advice, but I'm in the process. So like right now, for whatever reason, I have been 
managing the financial portion of our business. It's very temporary, but I hate that part. Can I do it? Yes. Am I good at it? Yeah, sure. Do I like it? No. It makes me feel contracted. You know, when I talked about expansion, every time you feel expanded, you're doing the thing you're supposed to be doing. Every time you feel contracted, you're not. Right now, I feel very expanded. I'm very good at this whole communicating thing when I'm talking to people I like that are listening. This is great. I'm enjoying myself. I'm like having a great time. I feel expanded. When I'm working in an Excel spreadsheet, I feel contracted and I'm, ugh, I'm so, ugh, I'm just mad. So basically what I need to do, maybe one of you are listening, who loves numbers and wants to play with them all day? I will hire you. <laughs> Uh, n- not me. I mean, you got into journalism for the same reason I did. I was told there would be no math. So you're <laughs> not me. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. So yeah, my advice is don't put yourself in any situation that you're not good at. Meaning, do you like it? Oh, this was a best piece of advice. I, I still bring it up. A guy named Marcus Buckingham. He's um, a public speaker. He focuses on business leadership. Um, he basically redefined the word strength to me. And I love it so much because, and I think a lot of high achievers need to hear this. Strengths are not just strengths. If you're good at it, it has to have two qualifications. You have to be good at it and you have to like it. That's what makes a strength a strength. If you're doing something you're good at, but you don't like it, guess what? Some, something you need to delegate, something you need to get off your plate. That's for everyone. We got, right. we, so I've, I've been like taking notes this whole time. And one thing I know for sure, Mateen and I have a lot of books to read and, and some people to look up because you've been dropping some, some nuggets uh, about people who have great wisdom uh, just like yourself. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for taking the time to share your story with us. Um, I do though want, want people to be able to, to check out that video I mentioned earlier, the one you did for Apple. If they want to check out that video and some of your other work, tell them how to, how to find you on the web. Awesome. So you can find us at ZaraCreative.com and you can also look up The Lonely Palm Tree by Apple on the internet if you just Google it. But also um, if you follow me on Instagram, it's in my little bio. My Instagram handle is just my full name, Heather Zara, no spaces. It's, it, I'm telling you, Mateen, it's a beautiful video. Um, Heather got to go to American Samoa. Uh, mm. to film it, which is right. looks like a beautiful place. Um, so g- good for you for being able to do that and be able to to, to truly uh, go after your passion here with this business. Um, really happy for you. And, and again, thanks for, for sharing your story with us. It's been great. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so happy. It was great. I loved it. To make sure you never miss an episode of Power Forward, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts and leave us a review. And look for another new episode coming your way two weeks from now featuring more inspirational stories of success. I'm Justin White. We'll see you next time on Power Forward.